Welcome to the Nova Church Podcast. Thanks for taking the time to get into God's Word with us today. To find out more, you can head to novachurch.com. Hey, we're so glad you came tonight. Thanks for coming out to Nova Church. So glad you're here. And uh, hey, one of the things we just hope for everybody tonight, uh, whether you've come to church before, whether you've never been to church, is that tonight feels like family for you, but you enjoy yourself, but you just chill out, relax. And uh, we are a church that really is about one thing, and that's Jesus. And we just believe that if you get to know Him and you have an encounter with Him, an authentic encounter with Him, uh, it'll change your life. That's what happened to me when I was 16 years old. I met Jesus and it messed me up. That part just wrecked me, like the song, right? And, uh, and when that happens, everything changes. And so our prayer above anything is that you get to know him, not the name of a church, not the name of a pastor, but the name of Jesus. That's who all this is about. And so we just want to uh, invite you to go on the journey with us tonight. Sound good? All right, well, I'm going to read a scripture to you tonight from the Bible. I'm going to, uh, you can turn your Bible on if you like. Uh, I found out, the other week that apparently no one in our church brings a physical Bible anymore. I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's a thing. So you can turn your Bible on if you have one. If you don't, we've got a giant glowing one behind me uh, that you can have a look at. And we are going to read a passage of Scripture in just a moment. But we are in uh, part four of our first series uh, here at Nova Church. If you didn't know, you stumbled into a a three-week-old church. And uh, we're just a baby little church. Uh, finding our feet, but we believe that God's going to do great and good things. And he is doing great and good things. We're just so grateful to have you here. Uh, but to give you some context, we've been in a four-week series that we've called Living Manifesto. And this word manifesto really uh, means a public declaration of your aims or of your goals. And what we've been speaking about is what is the manifesto of your life? What do you, who do you want to be? Who is God calling you to be as a person? What, what kind of lives is He calling us to live uh, as people who are following? following Jesus or on a journey towards that. And that's what we've entitled this series, Living Manifesto. What manifesto do you want to live? And so uh, we've done a whole bunch of that. If you want to actually go back and listen to the other messages, our podcast is now cranking, which is awesome. And, uh, and uh, shout out to Davo and all the production team for getting that up. How good. And uh, hello to everybody who's listening on podcast right now. So we're going to go for the Bible and we're going to read Luke chapter 8. Verses four to eight. This is a famous parable, a famous passage of scripture that Jesus spoke. Who knows that even though you can hear the Bible one, two, three or four times, maybe even the same passage of scripture, one, two, three, four, five times, but it can speak to you in a different way every time, right? That is because the Bible is alive. It's not a dead, old, dusty history book. It's a breathing, living book that's actually there to speak into your life right here, right now, today. It's not about something that just happened. It's also about something that is happening in your life today. And that's why you can open it up and it can change your life. Luke chapter 8, verses 4 to 8. This, this is called the parable of the sower, this, this, this little parable that Jesus tells. A parable is a story that didn't happen, but a story that actually happens, right? The story itself didn't physically happen, didn't physically happen. That's incorrect. Didn't physically happen. But it's a story that is true. Does that make sense? It contains a truth that we need to hear. So we're going to read this together. Luke chapter 8, verses 4 to 8. I'm going to read it in the ESV. You can read it in whatever V you want, according to your preference. It says this, And when a great crowd was gathering, and people from town after town came to him, he, this is Jesus, said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it, 
and some fell into good soil. Come on, who wants to be good soil? And grew and yielded a hundredfold. And as he said these things, he called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. I'm going to pray and we'll get into the word tonight. Jesus, we're just so aware uh, that I am just a normal person. And that without your spirit, your anointing and your presence on this word, it has absolutely no power to change your life. But Father, we're asking today that your Holy Spirit would anoint this word, that it would come upon this word, that it would make it a word that would change our lives. We have not come for information tonight. We have come to get revelation from Jesus himself. Lord, we want to hear your voice tonight. And we ask that you would speak to us through your word. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Hey, uh, who here doesn't miss school? I mean, there might be some of you that are still in school, but who here does not miss school? Like you are just so glad that you are out of there. Come on, loud and proud, put your hand up. You are so glad you are done, right? I remember being so confused at like our, our year 12, like, our, did you have like a last year 12 kind of service thing or, you know, the last service you were at? And I remember being there with all my friends and it's like a last cruel act of punishment from the school upon us was to make us all stand together and sing some terribly corny song about moving on in life. And, and I remember we're all sitting there, their arms around each other swaying and all my friends are crying. And I was just thinking to myself, I want to cry too, but not because I'm sad about leaving, but because I'm so happy, come on, that I never have to come back to this place again, right? And, uh, and I, I was so happy to get out of there, man. I was like, I am done, like, See you later. I'm so glad not to be back here. School, school's like a crazy place. And who knows that uh, I think one of the things, there's nothing that, that, that causes the school world to explode like when, when love gets out right? When somebody finds out that somebody has a crush on somebody, right? That is like the biggest deal at school you ever heard. You remember that, right? It's like you find out that Jordan has a crush on Emma and it's like, oh my God, you know, and it goes around the school for like free, everybody knows about it. Like, you know, look, the, like Foster Davis has a crush on Rosalind and their date is like, wah, you know, and, uh, and it's crazy. I remember one time uh, my high school crush wrote me a note. Who remembers notes? Like before you slid into DMs, come on, you were like, you were sliding a note into somebody's pencil case, right? This is, this is real love, people. This is handwritten love. Come on, who knows that handwritten love is the real love, right? None of this, come on. If you, if, if you started, no, I won't say that. I'm going to say, if you started dating over DM, you don't know what love is. That's not true. But, but I'm telling you, there's nothing like a handwritten note. So I remember my crush, she wrote me this note, and it was in my pencil case. And up until this point, we had concealed the fact that we had major feels for each other. And uh, it, was, it was a girl before Hannah. Ooh, shivers. And boy, did I get an upgrade. Come on, amen. But, uh, but, but she wrote me this note. <laughs> Sorry. You're awesome. Um, we... She wrote me this note, and it was in my pencil case. And, uh, and I went out to the toilet to go and write her a note. Because when you're at school, the only place you can write notes is in the toilet. Or was that just me? Just me. Okay, so, so, so I went out to, my, you know, to, the, to the toilet to write a note. And then, and then I came back, and my pencil case was open, right? It was open because somebody had gone to borrow a pen, which is a huge mistake because I was the kid who never had a pen and was always asking for someone else's pen. You know that kid you hated who was always asking for your pen? That was me. Right, any pen loses, like any, you just lose everything. That's me, still me, actually. Um, but anyway, so I, I was out and I came back in and I walked back into the room and there was just a whole 
like a chorus, and it wasn't the girls, it was the boys. There was like a chorus of like testosterone field groaning started happening when I walked back in the room and everyone was just like, oi! And I'm like, what? And they're like, oi! You know, like, and I'm trying to ascertain what's going on and they're just like, oi! You know, Sammy! You know, and like, they're going for it. And I, and I, I walked over to my, my table and I realised that the pencil case was like open, that there was notes everywhere, but they'd been going around the, pla- the whole class. And, and who knows, that just sets a school on fire. Like the secret was out. I permanently looked like a tomato for about three weeks. I was so embarrassed. And, uh, but it was cool because the word was out. I was like, man, word's out, word's out. It's like nothing better than a word getting out, right? About a, about a secret. It just blows, blows the whole thing up. Can anyone have that happen to them? Like an exposed crush, secret love coming out? Yeah, so, yeah. It's rough. Nothing sets the world on fire like that, right? Because people, whoa, shivers, what's going on? You guys need to calm down. Um, it's, it's like when a, everyone loves a secret getting out, right? Because it, it, it changes the atmosphere of a room. It changes the, it's like, oh, we just found out something that nobody else knew. What? And some of you are already bad at that. You're gossipers. This is a conviction from Jesus right now. You need to stop that gossip. You need to stop sharing those secrets. I'm preaching before I'm preaching. Zip it, right? But uh, anyway, there's nothing like a secret getting out. This, this parable, right, of the sower actually contains a secret, Right? And, and also, I hope you know that the Bible is a love letter from our Heavenly Father to us. There is a secret in this love letter that Jesus is passing to us. And the secret in the parable is this, the secret to growth. He's like, I want to give you the secret to a life of growth, a life that yields a hundredfold. I want to I wanna hand to you because I love you, Jesus says, through this parable, the keys to being a person that grows into a hundredfold kind of person. Come on, who wants to live a hundredfold kind of life? Who wants to make a decision? But I don't want to be the person I was yesterday, tomorrow. I don't want to be the same person in 10 years that I am today. I want to have a, a hundredfold life. And, and this secret that Jesus gives us, it's the secret to growth. There are two parts in this parable, and, and the first part is it is a description of this thing called a seed. Everyone say seed, right? And the second is of the soil. Everyone say soil. There's, there's two parts of this parable. There's the seed and the soil. The seed, right, is, Jesus goes on to explain later in the scripture, the seed in this parable represents the gospel. The seed is what you were given, right? But the soil is who it was given to. The seed is what you were given, but the soil is the heart that it was given to. I I don't know if you know this or not, I hope you do, but KFC is undoubtedly the best chicken in the world, right? It is right up there, okay? And here's the thing, I don't know if you know this or not, that's good preaching, you know? It's like... Here's the thing about KFC, it, it is the best chicken, right? And there's like, there's KFC and then there's Red Rooster about 20 miles below it somewhere, right? There's like three of them left in Australia. And uh, that was my first job. I was 12 years old and I worked at Red Rooster. Uh, it's terrible. But, um, but KFC chicken is the best chicken. And here's the thing, I don't know if you know this or not, KFC order their chicken from Ingham's, okay? Fair call. Do you know anybody can order their chicken from Ingham's? Anybody. If you want chicken, you can go order it from Ingham's. But let me tell you, it's not going to taste like KFC. It's not. You can try it. You can fry it. 
You can throw your salt and pepper in. You can do everything you want to that chicken, and it's not going to taste like KFC. Why? Because they know a secret that you don't, right? They know the 11 secret herbs and spices. Come on, the kernel. Passed it down for generations until we receive that beer battery goodness in our mouths today. But here's, they, they know a secret that you don't that enables them to have access to something that we don't have access to. And, and Jesus in this, this passage is he's giving us a secret to not live a red rooster kind of life, but a KFC kind of life. And here is, here is the secret, he says. The secret is not in the seed. It's not in what you were given. The secret is in the soil. If you're taking notes tonight, the title of my message is The Secret is in the soil. You say that out loud? The secret's in the soil. See, see, everybody thinks that the secret to living a great life is about the seed you were given, the opportunity you were given, the job you have or the university degree you have or, or the, the parents you were raised with or, or all of these different elements that come into life and we can convince ourselves that, that living a great life is about the seed we were given. But Jesus teaches us that the secret is not in what you were given, but in who it was given to. It's not in the seed, it's in the soil. The secret's in the soil. Sounds like a tongue twister, the secret's in the soil. I think a lot of Christians believe that like, if I'm in church, I'm going to grow. Like if I attend a growing church, I attend a good church, then I'm going to grow. But can I tell you, it's not so. Because who knows that just because you're in the same place, it doesn't mean you're going to the same place. We can both be in the airport, but it doesn't mean we're flying to the same city. I could be going to Sydney and you're going to Darwin and I tell you where I'd rather be going. Sydney. Just because you're in the same place, it doesn't mean you're going to the same place. See, you can be in the same church with the same pastors, under the same worship, under the same teaching, under the same leadership, but end up in a completely different place. Why is that? Because the secret is not in the seed, the secret is in the soil. See, some people will grow into people that you never imagined you would be. A hundredfold people taking strides, moving forward, changing the world. And here's the sad reality, others won't. Why? And you can look at hundredfold people and go, why are you growing? Why are you achieving? What is it about your life that keeps moving forward? I can't understand it. I'll tell you what it is. There's something in their soil that isn't in yours. The secret is in the soil. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and we've done life together for a while, and he said to me, Sam, I don't feel like I'm growing. I don't feel like I'm moving forward. Why are you growing? Why are you moving forward? And we have this whole conversation. And I stopped him and I said to him, bro, you have to understand something. I have the same phone numbers in my phone. The difference is I use them. And what I was saying to him was, we have the same opportunity. We've been given the same seed, but we've got different soil. Because there's something in my soil that wants to learn and wants to grow. There's something in your soil that thinks you've got it all figured out. But what you've got to know is that the secret isn't in the seed. The secret is in the soil. See, see, here's the thing. Before you build a house, before we built our house, the construction company came and they, they did something that I hadn't heard about before because I'd never built a house. And they did something called a soil test, 
right? A soil test. And what, what the soil test is, is they will go to your block of land, they will pull up some soil, and they will test it to see whether it's the kind of soil they can build something great on. And this is what they will determine by the test. They will say, is this soil the kind of soil we can build something great on? Or is this soil the kind of soil that's going to put what we're building at risk? What they're asking is, is this soil suitable or is this soil susceptible? Is the content of this soil suitable for building something great or is it susceptible for actually infecting the great thing we want to build? And what I've been praying for all week for you tonight is that this message would be a soil test for your life. That this message would test the soil of your heart, the soil of your life, to see if it can be the kind of life that God can do a hundredfold work in. To see if it could be the kind of life that God says, I can build something great on. I'm telling you tonight, the secret is in the soil. See, Psalm 139 verses 23 to 24, David understood something about his heart. He knew he had to do his own soil test. He had to come before God and say, God, is the soil of my heart, is the condition of my heart, the kind of heart that you can build something great with? Psalm 139, 23 to 24. I'm going to read it in the Passion. You can read it in whatever you want. He says, God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. God, come and check out my soil. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there is any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious, everlasting ways, the path that brings me back to you. See, David prayed this prayer to God. He's saying, God, I want you not to examine the seed you gave me, but the soil that's in my heart. And the reason he prayed this prayer is because he understood something that all of us must come to understand in life. And here it is. Your soil is your responsibility. No one is responsible for your soil but you. No one made you be a sass queen. No one made you have a bad attitude. No one made you have an unteachable heart. No one forced you to hold on to unforgiveness. What David is saying and what we must understand tonight is that my soil is my responsibility. That I'm going to take responsibility for my heart because if I do, God could do a hundredfold work in my life. Okay, who's ready for a soil test tonight? You ready for this? Okay, because the secret's in the soil. The Bible says the same seed fell on three types of soil. The first type of soil it fell upon was hard soil. That's the path. The second kind of soil it fell on was compromised soil. That's the thorns. And the third type of soil it fell on was dry soil. That's the rock that was lacking moisture. Each seed produced a different outcome because it fell in different soil. Different soil. The secret is in the soil. In Luke chapter 8 verse 5 we read, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. Paths, I don't know if you know this, are inherently hard places. The whole point of a path is that it's a hard surface. But every hard path was once soft soil. And the Bible is teaching us here that what was once soft 
had become hard because people had walked all over it. As some of you, that's exactly what's happened in your life. The soil of your heart was soft until life started to happen to you and things started to happen to you and people started to happen to you and you feel like people walked all over your soil and now your soil that used to be soft has become hard because people walked all over it. I don't know if you remember at school or not, these people called groundskeepers, right? They're scary people, generally speaking. Like every groundskeeper I ever had was scary, but... This is what the groundskeeper would always say. They'd be like, because we'd always be running through the garden because there was a quicker way to class, right? And I remember we had this big groundskeeper. She was a Scottish woman. She wore the big overalls. Do you remember her? And, uh, and, and she'd walk out and she'd be like, <laughs> get off my garden. It's not a footpath, you know? And, and every day she'd say it and it really made little difference as to whether we would run over it or not. But there's a truth to what she's saying. See, she understood that if soft soil gets trampled on, it's going to become hard. And some of you have got to become groundskeepers for the soil of your life. Because your life is a garden that was meant to be tended to, not a footpath that was meant to be trampled on. And some of you have been letting people into your life who have turned your garden into a footpath. This is going to get pretty heavy for a minute. You ready for this? See, see, some of you are walking with people where you're not cared for, you're used. Where you're not nurtured, you're manipulated. Where you're not helped, you're hurt. They're always taking and never giving. And the garden that they should have tended to, they've trampled on. And you've got to hear me right now. Some of you are going to hear this in this room tonight. Quit letting people turn your garden into a footpath. Quit letting people take what was meant to be soft in your life and trample over it as if you were nothing. Your soil is valuable and you got to protect it. And you got to say, this far you can go, but no further. You will not turn my garden into a footpath. My life should be tended for, not trampled on. And there's some people you might have to cut out and some people you might have to move on and some friendships you might have to let go of because they've turned your garden into a footpath. And the problem is, is that when soft soil becomes hard, nothing can get in. Some of you, you don't have hard soil because people are trampling on it anymore. You have hard soil because someone trampled on it five years ago and you haven't let it go. And here's the issue with hard soil. See, see most of us like to keep, we don't mind the hard heart because we go, you know what, if I keep my heart hard, you can't hurt me. You can't disappoint me. You can't get in there. You can't do anything to me. So I, that's why I've hardened my heart. But do you know what the problem with hard things is? Not only does a hard surface prevent the bad things from getting in, it prevents the good things from getting in too. And sure, you can't get hurt anymore, but you also can't get helped anymore. Sure, you can't get hated on, but you also can't get loved because the soil of your heart has gotten hard. 
But I've got to tell you tonight, your soil is too important to allow it to become a footpath. Your soil is too important to allow it to become hard. There is too much on the line for your life for you to sit back and allow the soil of your heart to be trampled on by a memory or trampled on by the present. We got to make a decision to be groundskeepers for our lives and saying, you will not turn my garden into a footpath. Memory, you will not turn my garden into a footpath. Toxic relationship, you will not turn my garden into a footpath. My soil is too important. Because the secret, come on, is in the soil. The second kind of soil that Jesus speaks about is compromised soil. The soil with the thorns, Luke chapter 8, verse 7. Some fell among thorns and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. The compromised soil has the opposite problem to the hard soil. See, the hard soil lets nothing in. But the compromised soil... Let's everything in. It's the opposite problem. The seeds come in, but the thorns come in too, because man, I'm just, I'm just, I just have an open mind. Like, come on, who knows what a, what a high value our culture puts on an open mind? It's like, man, if the, the highest thing you could possibly do is just keep your mind so open that your brains fall out. See, see the problem with our generation is we are all about everything. So I come to church. I'm in the worship, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. I'm in the message, oh I'm all about it. I'm all about that message, I'm all about it. We, we go to family nights, I'm on my family night. I'm all about it, man, I'm all about it. I'm just all about it. Great. Then you go home and watch Game of Thrones and you're all about that too. Whoa! <laughs> so I could talk about anything, but don't you dare talk about my Netflix subscription. It's like, I'm all about it, but then you go home and you're putting on music that's so dirty, but you're getting tempted every hour of the day. Why? Because you're all about that too. See, the problem is we've been taught just to have an open mind, let everything in, but can I tell you, that's not what the Bible teaches. We can't actually be all about everything. It's like, girls, it's like last week you were all about Tony, and this week you're all about Fred, and next week you'll be all about John. And the problem is you're all about everyone. So you can't get anyone. We can't actually be all about everything. Can I talk about this for a moment? <laughs> I'm coming for you. Okay, so, so here we go. Help us come on out. Help me out here. Rosalind Gunn and uh, Kate's going to come up. Let's welcome these two wonderful people. I want to do an illustration for you. Because this, this is really important, what I'm about to show you, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a roundhouse kick to the face to some of what culture is teaching us right now. Let's go. Here we go. I'm going to remove some bottle caps here. Oh, this is going to be so much fun. I'm so excited already. So, man, I want to drink. Like, I'm so thirsty. I'm so thirsty. I can drink a whole jug. You know, it's like, so what do I want to drink? Like, do I want Fanta? Do I want Sprite? Do I want Coke? Coke, no sugar, which is the worst name ever. And they should have kept it as Coke Zero, obviously. Uh, we've got kombucha for all the hippies out there. Amen. And then we got, then we, hey, I'm about it. I'm all about it. I love it. Uh, then there's like a cup of tea. It's like coffee. We've got everything here. It's like, okay, what do I want to drink? Well, I don't know what I want to drink. So, you know, like, I know Nat loves Fanta. So, like, we'll just have a bit of that. That's awesome. Love a bit of Fanta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I know, I know the Foster. He's just all about Sprite. He loves it. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is awesome. Okay. So, you know, I don't really know what I want, but I know I want something. So, you know, what, what, 
what does David like? Oh, David, he loves his coconut sugar, so let's just chuck that in too. I mean, this is just awesome. And, uh, you know, Emma, she's a bit of a hippie, so she's all about that kombucha, you know, so she's just like, get that in there. So chuck a bit of that in there. It's like, oh, Jordan, man, well, he's all about coffee, so I better get some of that in there too, you know. And it's like, oh, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm all about it. I'm all about it. Josh loves tea. And it's like, you put so many things in there. Here's the irony. When you mix together everything that everyone wants, you end up getting something that nobody wants. Who wants to drink? Who wants to skull? Bottoms up. Nobody. Because when you mix together, that is disgusting. That looks like an ecosystem in there. When you mix together everything that everybody wants, you end up having something that nobody wants. And what our culture is teaching us is to dilute our lives to such a degree that they are no longer worthy of being tasted by anyone because they've been diluted by everything. Whoa. Some of you have got to start picking. You've got to start picking and choosing what you want to drink. All right, come on, let's get rid of this. That's disgusting. Come on. Let's thank these two for this amazing illustration. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, you're all about it. But the problem is you're all about everything. (laughs) See, Jesus says, if you're all about me, there's going to be a bunch of things that you can't be all about. Some of you are, that's harsh. You know, it's very legalistic. Let me tell you, it's not legalistic. Let me tell you something. I'm all about Hannah. How do you think those twins got in there? I'm all about it, right? But here's the thing. Being in a relationship with her means I am not all about any other girl. That's not legalism. That's love. And Jesus says, if you're going to be all about me, There are going to be some things that you can no longer let into the soil of your heart. See, (laughs) only rooms that have nothing valuable inside of them will have doors that are always open. If you never lock the door to your house, it's because there's nothing worth robbing. And if you keep an open door to everything and anyone in your life, it's an indication that you don't actually understand how precious and valuable what God's entrusted to you is, which is your heart. You let anything in because you have a faulty view of how precious the soil of your heart actually is. Some of you have got to lock the door to that bad attitude. Some of you, there's like a bottle full of bad attitude and you've got to say no to that. Some of you, there's a bottle full of music that's got some language in there that sets you down a wrong path. Some of you, there's a bottle full of Netflix that has way too much nudity for you to be able to withstand temptation and you've got to say, no, I'm not all about that. And I'm never going to be because not everything that feels good to you is good for you. Just saying. See, the secret is in your soil and you've got to protect your soil. The Bible says, guard your heart. For out of it flow the issues of life. Guard your soil. Get off my garden. Because the secret's in the soil. I'm going to wrap in just a minute and my brother can join me. Who loves my brother? I'm just, I'm all about him. He's just the best. Natalie's like, I'm all about it. (laughs) Yes, you are. You are all about it. So, (laughs) she all about it, Aaron? Yeah. (laughs) Luke chapter 8. 
Verse 6 talks about the dry soil. It says, some fell on the rock and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. See, the Bible says the key issue with this soil was that it had no moisture. It was dry. And some of you, that's how you're feeling right now. You actually feel dry. It's like my faith feels dry. I open my Bible and I haven't told anyone, but it's dry. I come to church and I lift my hands, but I don't feel anything. It's dry. I'm in the message and I don't feel it. I just feel dry. And I remember one time I was in church about a year or so ago. I said to God, I was just having an event. I'm like, God, I'm sick of this dry worship. I'm sick of this dry preaching. I'm just sick of it. Dry, dry, dry. You know, electro dry. You know that? Nope. Um, and I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, as clear as day, it's not dry, you're dry. And I was like, dang it. Because I was dry. And, and who knows in life that often you don't see things as they are, you see things as you are. And the only thing worse than being dry is being dry and not knowing it. Like you ever had a day where you're like six hours into the day and you start seeing like black dots and feeling dizzy? You're like, wow, this is weird. What's going on? You know, should I admit myself to the hospital? And then you realise, actually, I haven't had a drink of water. <laughs> so I was going all out doing all these things. I didn't realise that I was dry. Some of you, you got dry soil. You need the rain of the Holy Spirit to fall upon your soil because there is seed in your soil that needs to grow. Jesus said this in book of John, chapter 7, verse 37. He says, On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, in other words, He shouted it out so that anyone who wanted to hear could hear it. He said, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. You need a drink from Jesus. If your life's dry, what do you need? You need a drink. Some of you are like, I know I need a drink. No, 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 you don't know. You think you know, but you don't know. Because here's the thing. This is what you need to hear. Soil with no water means that the seed has no future. You can't afford for your soil to be dry. Because the water in the soil unlocks the destiny of the seed. And some of you have been entrusted with some amazing seeds, but without water, that seed has no future. Without moisture, the destiny of what God's given you will remain dormant and will never become the hundredfold blessing that it was called to be. Some of you, you got talent, but you got no water. You got a career, but you got no water. You got family, but you got no water. You got a job, but you got no water. And you got to understand tonight that the most important thing is not just that you have the seed, but that you have the presence, come on, of a living God raining down upon that seed. But it might explode and become everything that it was destined to be. You need water and you can't afford to live without it. And some of you have lived dry and you need to say to Jesus tonight, come and rain on my soil. I need you to refresh me 
because the seed that you've entrusted to me is too great to lay dead and dormant. Come and rain on my soil. Thanks for joining us on the Nova Church Podcast. We hope this message impacted you in a powerful way. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe or you can head to novachurch.com for more.